All right, guys, ready to record? Hey, welcome yeah. back, Nick. Oh, thanks. Hey, how about that? Welcome back, Matt. Hey, thanks. Yeah, I, I'm all set. Let's get this started. Welcome back, Devin. Welcome back. Hey, hi. Oh, this is, <laughs> hi, Devin. This welcome is back. Welcome back, microphone. What? Uh, well, huh? Welcome. Welcome back. Zoom recording protocol. Yeah. Welcome back, GarageBand. Welcome back, shirt. Heather, those aren't. You what? don't have to say hi to those. Yeah, if you don't say hi, how will they know that we're friends? Like, what if my shirt got pissed off at me in the middle of a record? Apodaca, maybe that's why your shirts don't fit you as well as my shirts fit me. I Welcome mean... back, eyebrows. Shirts, are well, you mad at me? Well, welcome back. <laughs> Nick's strange doorway that's hanging in the... He's got a loose doorway behind him. Welcome back, that loose doorway. Hey, glad to be here. Hey, it's doorway! <laughs> All right, stay with me, everybody. We hold hands with shit and become human eyes in Wild, Weird, and Wonderful with Tom this week on How Did This Get Played? Welcome to How Did This Get Played, the show where we talk about the weirdest and worst video games of all time. You like that? I threw, I threw you a little boomerang. Yeah. I'm uh, your host, Heather Ann Campbell, sitting across the city from Nick Weiger. I did not like the mix-up of <laughs> worst and weirdest. I found it disorienting. <laughs> but it's okay. I'm going to power through it and uh, stick to the template, because with us, as always, is our producer, Matt Apodaca. Everyone, hello? Oh, no. Everyone, hello? It's a, it's a question, too? This is chaos. <laughs> hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Perhaps befitting uh, that we're having such a weird introduction to perhaps the weirdest game we've covered yet. You think so? This game's oh, weird as shit. It's possible. I'm, I'm fucking excited to get into it. All right. Uh, we, have a, we have a great game. We've got a great guest. Now, before we descend into gaming hell, we like to spend 70 seconds in gaming heaven in a mm. little segment we like to call 70 Seconds in Gaming Heaven. <laughs> 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 and I, when, we're, when we were recording this, there was some big news dropped today. Yes. And so let's spend that 70 seconds talking about that. Nick, why don't you go? Well, we're talking the big news, of course, the PlayStation 5 reveal, which we all watched. And which I did not watch live uh, because I was recording a different podcast. Don't worry about it. Um, and then I 
And but I watched the I watched the replay in full and I loved it. I thought like I know a lot of people I saw some cynical reactions because a lot of the games are just like, okay, this is a fucking game I played before. But I thought there were enough like, you know, new and imaginative things that I saw and the tech looks good. And I love how the fucking the console looks. It looks great. It looks like yeah. a portal gun. I think it I think it, it looks like uh, like a like a somebody in a white tuxedo. I think it's got a cool look. It's got a classy look. It looks great. I want to point out that the first game they showed was Grand Theft Auto V, which started on the PS3. So yes. they were like, guys, can you believe it? On the PS5, you can play this game from the PS3. <laughs> it's like an eight-year-old oh, game. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, but I mean, it is, and I think it literally is the most profitable entertainment product of all time. So I get why they're still, they're still milking that cow. Um, I, Matt, Papa what did you think? It. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, how cruel because the timer just went off, so I will not say. Wow. That's a bummer. We'll never know quite what he thinks, at least until we cover a PS5 uh, game or the hardware in the future. But and for not now, before then. Not before then. <laughs> but it's time to introduce our guest. She's a writer, actor, and comedian from Rick and Morty. Anne Lane is here. Hi, Anne. Hi. Hi, Anne. Hello. I'm down to seed some of my intro time for what Matt thinks of the PS5. No, it's not, not the format the of the show. Absolutely not. not. Nope. <laughs> well, happy to be here. This is a delight. <laughs> what a what a treat to have you here. I, I, I'm curious, and I, I, I want to start, I guess, a little generally... Uh, but Anne, what, like, because I, I don't really know anything about you as as a, as a gamer. Like, are you someone who's played who played video games? Do you play video games now? I played video games a little bit as a kid. I had a PS One, not to brag, where I had like the Muppet Treasure Island game. I think Treasure <laughs> very Island cool Muppet game, and then uh, you know. Um, uh, what's the Australian Naughty Dog Australian? It has a uh, kangaroo. Oh, you're yes, a Crash Bandicoot. Yes. So this is probably already very illustrative of how well I know games. Um, <laughs> <laughs> through uh, Uncharted two through four and this Bioshock Infinite and Last of Us a couple times. Oh, there you Outside go. Hey, Last of Us, you're talking our yeah. language. All right. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Last of Us is the best. Are you gonna play Last of Us Two then? We're we're on the we're on Last of Us Two Eve as of this recording. <gasps> what? It's tomorrow? Um, I mean, no. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what a cruel fucking thing to do. Hey kids, there's Disneyland. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're going to the dentist. Yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I was so excited. I was like, how have I not realized it's tomorrow? Oh, man. But yeah, no, I'm very excited. We are relatively on Last of Us 2 Eve compared right. to how long it's been taking and the fact that like it might have not come out. And yeah, so I'm I get it. And when this episode releases, I think people will probably have it in their hands. I'm curious. So, so it sounds like you're playing. You're maybe playing more games in adulthood. Am I wrong about that? Yes, way more games in adulthood, and I've gravitated towards games. My boyfriend plays a lot of games and a lot of different types of games. So mm. I'll see him playing games, like, uh, and especially with his daughter who's seven. Um, so like they'll play like Animal Crossing or Mario Party games where it's like there isn't a lot of antagonism or goals. Right. And I found that in my gaming, I don't know, recreation, I enjoy having a very specific 
um, trajectory and goal and motivator and emotional, you know, grounding and that kind of stuff. Um, some narrative, some objectives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something to cling on to that's like gets right. you in your body. It's funny you mentioned Mario Party as something where there isn't necessarily a lot of uh, a conflict, <laughs> but in my experience playing that with other adults, that is a game where people will rage quit, like basically more than any other. Uh, people yeah. like lose their minds. <laughs> it is definitely. I, I think the only experiences I have of playing that is with like new coworkers, where everyone's being really nice and enjoying that we're having fun. But yeah. that being said, it stresses me out to play a game where the narrative is that the characters are friends who can't hang out unless there's so much structure that they know who's winning or losing at any time. And then I keep thinking about their friendship and how much of a lie that is. And it really stresses me out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, then what are we doing here? Why are we Why are we impressing each other? Why is the mini right. game stressed? Yeah. <laughs> I, I am. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure how personally close Yoshi and Bowser are. Uh, but I, oh, I mean, both, they're dinosaurs. They're, they're they are by both blood. dinosaurs. Yeah, they are. <laughs> or are they canonically brothers? <laughs> <laughs> well, more so than Mario and Luigi. I mean, those right. two, those two fools definitely didn't come out of the same womb. You All know right, what I'm let's saying? Let's not get into that. Come on, come on, come on. Let's go. I, I won't cotton any Luigi slander on this podcast. Uh, so so you mentioned uh, you mentioned Last of Us. You're excited for Last of Us too. Any other games that stand out to you as like some of your favorites? I liked Bioshock Infinite. I like um, Inside. I like games where you're, you know, you're figuring it out as you go. And it's, uh, I don't know, I like a little bit of repetition, but not a whole bunch. Right. Uh, it stresses me out when it's like, go have fun. And that's sort of why this game was so fucking stressful. For me. <laughs> 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 like this game. <laughs> my boyfriend walked in and was like, how do you like it? And I looked so stressed and I, I'm sure. And I was just like, it's a roar shark test. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, as much antagonism or artifice as you see in your daily relationships, that's what you see between the mayor and the denizens of Watan. Like it's yeah. so much anyway. Yeah. So that's, that's yeah. It's a, it's a, a, and and we'll get to that in one second. It is a fucking, it, the game is, as I mentioned up top, weird as shit. And yeah, it, it is the, but I mean, there are just, there are discrete goals, but you mentioned Inside, which we coincidentally covered on the podcast a few episodes back. I loved Inside. I think Heather was a little less uh, uh, this excited for it, but still it found it interesting, but playing that game, I mean, there's the moment in the, uh, towards the end where you encounter and then embody the huddle, uh, that that uh, writhing mass of flesh and limbs. Um, like what? Like what was? Do you remember your reaction at all when you played through that for the first time? Oh man, I gotta be real honest. I did make it to that point. <laughs> wow! Wow! I know. I made it to almost that point. He was like outside of the place where you see the big building. They're all going into in a line. And, yeah, uh, and you have yeah. to go across probably a roof or something, and that's as far as I made it. I think because of the fact that like I I was it was fun to play, but it didn't get me playing it. Like I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't invested enough to. That's oh, fucking right. You hear that shit? You hear that shit? You assholes! <laughs> that's fucking right. That's what that game is like. Matt and I like the game. I love it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I just didn't need to finish it, which might be yeah. in other people's 
you know, where it's a, a bad review, but in mine, it just means, you know, <laughs> I enjoyed it. It was great. So much talent, not for me. I've definitely had fun playing, messing around with games and then just sort of walked away from them without finishing them, but still considered it a pleasant experience. So I can 100. Yes. I, th- I mean, I think a lot of people can relate to that. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. you're going to finish every single game you ever get your hands on. It's not possible mm-hmm. if yeah. you're an adult with responsibilities and an occupation. <laughs> what are you, you going to do? Quit your job. Play g- games. Quit, That's not quit economically feasible. <laughs> It is if you're a Twitch streamer. Were you scared, Nick? Are you scared? I don't know why I'm bullying you. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are you scared of going into economic freefall, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like that will happen naturally at some point in the next few years of my life. <laughs> for all of us. Yeah, yeah for all of us. So, so you... You don't. Uh, <laughs> you had like you were stressed out playing this game. I, I, I assume you haven't messed around with uh, Katamari Damacy, the other game that the most famous game for this creator. I played a little bit. It stressed me out. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> if 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 Katamari Damacy stressed you out, you definitely don't play his second game, which was Nobi Nobi Boy, and there is no discernible goal. It took. It's a community playing a community play game where everybody is helping a like a snake get really long so it can go to Pluto. And it took six <laughs> years for everybody on Earth to complete the game together. Oh, so don't play beautiful. that one. Whoa. Yeah, I love the, here's the thing. I love the idea. I love that people can play a game where the game stakes don't have to be a very like black or white binary of threat versus not threat. But for mm. me, that's. What I what I find most relaxing, which is my own thing. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Well, uh, you had a you had a stressed out reaction. I found this game tranquil, but let's uh, we should get everyone's thoughts. Heather, let's get into this week's game. All right. What Tom is an action slash puzzle slash social sim game developed by Funomena. Funomena. And published by Annapurna Interactive. It was designed by Kira Takahashi, uh, who's the creator of Katamari Damacy and Nobi Nobi Boy. It was released for PlayStation 4 uh, in 2019. Uh, the game is about a, a future where some tragedy has happened and you are reintroducing objects and concepts back to the universe in order to repair it. Initially, it was revealed in 2014 as a PlayStation 4 exclusive and was supposed to be uh, published by Sony Interactive Entertainment, but uh, it was postponed. Sony uh, dropped the game, and in August of 2017, Annapurna uh, took it on as a new publisher. And I say Annapurna a lot in this one because Annapurna hooked me up wow. with a... Um, a three-question interview with the creator of this game for our podcast today. Incredible. Wow. Yeah. Holy what shit. a tease. That's so cool. Yeah, it's super fucking cool. That's very um, exciting. I'm I'm a, a Keita Takahashi fan. Uh, I have two pieces of his art up on my uh my wall in my dining room and uh and also um in my dining room. I don't have a room for dining. Like it's my <laughs> It's there's one room. What am I t- the other talking room. about? The dining area, the other room. Um, and I was a huge fan of Katamari Damacy. Uh, so I was super psyched to get into this game. Um, 
I, I, I just want to read my first note that I took. Yes. Uh, while playing while playing the game, which is a spotlight cries tears when it leaves because the sun comes out. Then you cry because you miss it and your tears make the grass grow. Remember this. That is the sort of lucid, dreamlike, fever, fugue state descriptions that all of us will be participating in over the course of the next uh, 30 minutes or whatever. Right. Trying to describe this game is fucking impossible. (laughs) It's it's bizarre. I mean, it's... I, I guess we should, you know, you mentioned Katamari and and uh, its creator, and I think if you saw this game blind, you would just assume it was by this, the creator of Katamari or or strongly inspired by it, because the art style is that sort of, you know, sparse but vibrant, um, you know, like like, like everything is, is, is intentionally kind of uh, uh, low poly and stylized, uh, but you can tell like what all these it, it's just a bunch of very simple objects that are conveyed in the in a in the most simple way. And they're all anthropomorphic. Like it's just yeah. like like, you know, whether be it a, a be it a telephone, uh, be it a, 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 a toy squid, uh, be it an eyeball. It has a face on it and arms and legs and you can move it around. Look, I feel like with a game like everything. We could describe it's like you start as a small object and then you connect with other objects and you can become anything in the universe. Right. Like that's pretty straightforward. A description of everything. And a a guy and the whole time a guy is going like the nature of consciousness is such that one is unsure. Yeah. Yeah. It's Alan Watts just talking the whole time. Um, So try. I'm going to do my best to tell the audience what you're doing in this game, which is. You begin as a cube, a green cube called the mayor, and he's wearing a little hat. And he's an anthropomorphized cube. Yeah. And then By the way, that interact- that uh that mayor's been making some bad decisions lately. He's opening stuff up way too early. <laughs> <laughs> Saying some pro cop shit. No, I was like, man, come on. Nick. Nick. Pay attention to the moment. Yeah, it's like go home. So- <laughs> Defund the mayor. <laughs> What are the two first objects that you encounter? Does anyone remember? Because I can't remember. It's like two seedlings or it's two. Yes. It's, you, 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 the two objects appear, whatever the fuck they were. And you go one's over and hold hands. Stone, right. Yeah, it's that's one's right. a little stone. And Abby. it's got little arms and it's got little legs. What did you say? Abby. The yes, they all stone? have names. They all have human names. They do? Abby's Yeah, they do. Yeah, they're in. It's it's maybe a, a detail little. you could. Yeah, she she's adorable. It's maybe a detail you could notice uh, or you could miss because it's just a in the a part of the UI in the in the corner. But every single object uh, in beyond the mayor has a has a has a name to it. So it'll be like a flower, and it'll be named like Doug, and that's <laughs> that's for absolutely everything. The the giant boat will be named um Marvin. Marvin, you know, it's just like it's yeah. it's weird. It's weird. It's it's constant. It's that's throughout the game. So the the first thing you do is you go over and you have to hold hands with Abby the stone, and each of your hands has a different button dedicated to it. You learn the mechanics over the course of this like open playing field of grass, and mm-hmm. uh, the first things you learn are how to hold hands. Then you learn how to climb. Then you learn how to hold hands in a circle and move in a circle with multiple objects. 
Uh, you learn how to switch between. So you can play as any object that reappears in the game over the course of refilling the universe full of objects. Yes. Um, and they all so, kind of just add, at, at least as far as I progress, they all just keep adding to the world. They all keep adding to the play field. It's like I, I read some of the back, uh, backstory of the the genesis of that this idea, and it came from um, the creator watching his his young children or his young child play with toys. And so it, that's kind of what it is. It's just kind of like more and more toys being added to the play field uh, that you can do various things with and interact with them in various ways. So let's say that you become an acorn. You can plant yourself in the ground and turn into a tree. Uh, then the sky opens up and uh, a table flies out of the sky. Yes. And the screen fills with the words, welcome back, table. And then the tree eats the nose and the nose turns into meat. And everybody celebrates. Yes. That is just a sequence of events in the game Watam. <laughs> and why did this give you anxiety? <laughs> going over it in words, there were times where the playing of the... I recently did Mushrooms for the first time. And there were Whoa. times where the playing of the game had the euphoria and this, this like beautiful symbiotic disconnection about like the universe that it had like just saying things like the, yeah the tree ate the nose and then the table was welcomed back to the universe like that kind of thing <laughs> feels like such intellectually i love it intellectually it's great and yes just playing it though i am just i think that i'm used to being the person in the high school group project who is worried about getting it done on like getting shit in order and that's what, you know, I work on in therapy or whatever, but like the, the, the part of me is like, okay, the table's here. It's spring and the table's here and it's going to be summer soon. And what is the mayor doing to get ready for what? I, like, I, I think, uh, yeah, but, but I think it's, you know, what he's I, doing, I, I, he's taking bribes from the police union. <laughs> Should be doing his freaking job. He's bought am, off. Am I, am I wrong in that the mayor grows facial hair? And gets more weary over the course of the game. He doesn't start with facial hair, right? When he's the detective, he has facial hair and there's noir music. And I loved that part. That part I had purpose because there was like such a... He was looking for who knows right. where the sushi's little eggs are. Right. <laughs> right. And then he I forgot. just go ask I for forgot. <laughs> every, every piece... Every object in the world has its own little theme song. Yeah. little like music, yes. which combines nicely with everyone else. But then also... Also, there's these mini games like when when you're when the toilet reappears, you have to put poop in the toilet to turn it gold. Uh, and when the mouth appears, you have to eat objects in order to turn them into food. And the mayor becomes a detective. It sounds like when a child is trying to describe their dream to you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like. And plays that way also. But but I think that is like the what it's trying to evoke. It's like the sense of play, the sense of like, you know, like I'm a detective now. OK, sure. We're all going to just just yes. And that for lack of a better yeah. term. Um, and uh, and yeah, that, so there's all that sort of that's all that sort of shit is happening. But it's it's interesting because it's not just aimless play. There are, in fact, a series of discrete goals that you are given. And it, it, it is things like what you described, Heather, 
that's like basically an objective in the game. And the only way to progress to the next event, the only way for the giant rubber ducky to arrive and for the screen to say, welcome back, ducky, is for (laughs) you to feed enough onions to the mouth for it to shit enough that you can feed those to the toilet to turn it into gold shit. And then that lets the next thing happen. Uh, By the way, we should talk about how the mayor, who is a cube, and and there is another later version who speaks in Cyrillic and is a circle uh, who also Mm -hmm. has a bowler hat. But underneath their bowler hats, they have a like a little purple cube um, package that they can they can take off their hat and kaboom, cause a giant explosion, which just results in a euphoric reaction from everyone. Everyone fucking loves it. Could not get enough of the kaboom. Every object also laughs like a child. So when you yeah. kaboom like 15 objects at once, it sounds like uh, like ice cream was just handed out at the playground. Like every right. kid is so happy. By the way, parents don't like that if you just go and do that. I've learned. <laughs> they get pretty upset. Say, there are times in the game where all the kids are crying, and that's when Nick is affected. Uh, <laughs> I want to read some of my other notes. One is that this game, despite being simple visually, was absolutely, at least on the PlayStation 4 Pro, terribly optimized. Mm-hmm. Like, when yes. I kaboomed, the game would freeze for, like, yeah. seconds at a time and then start up again. I was like, what the f-? Like, Sometimes there were no... The would be, yeah, out in space for a little bit too long. And I'd worry yeah. that we'd have to restart because maybe he was <laughs> stuck in space and they started right. thinking about how miserable that would be. And <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of frame drops, a lot a lot of slowdown, and and there's and especially because you can, you know, like with everything, like with Katamari, scope and scale is a thing that's played with. So you can go in close or you can start to to widen out uh, far enough where you can take control of celestial objects. Um, and, uh, and, but as you zoom the camera out and you're, you're realizing all these objects on screen at once, that's when it can really chug as well. So yeah, you're right. It is, it, it does have some optimization issues to its detriment. Something that I loved about that though, was the feeling of when you were really close to something that was in the middle of a like hubbub, you'd hear so many things going on all Mm -hmm. around you. And then you can zoom out and zoom out and zoom out. And at one level, it, you stop hearing the like chaos of right. the minutia and you just hear this like peaceful hum and you're so far out that like the perspective is you know i think that was very cool i, I agree that. that the totality of the audio but both at everyone having their individual theme which is just a riff on the main theme but but it is you know it, it's it's nice to it's very pleasant sonically to transfer to to transfer uh, uh, between these different characters and hear these different themes stack on top of each other uh, but also that just like the yeah the sound design just like the the continuous bustle and activity and that ties into that when you're not controlling a character they're not just idle they all have their own agenda they're all doing their own thing <laughs> so the world feels very alive and and populated they're all just like going about their business until you yeah, take they- control of them they chase each other. They yeah. like play games with each other. It's like, it's like a like 
I think mushrooms is a good um, analogy. It's like somebody took mushrooms and then played Animal Crossing and tried to describe it. Like, it's like, yeah, they, they you, you go around. There's not really a goal. Yeah, like you were a man who's a sailor who came to the universe on a boat and you meet a flower without a head and you toss your own human fleshy head off willy-nilly and start dancing and they put it on and nobody cares. Like, that's just an interaction that <laughs> right. happens. My, my other notes here are you meet Scroll and he tells you a story about the world being destroyed by a nameless monster, gives you some backstory about the actual game itself. Uh, my next note is you meet Circle. It's speaking a different language. Then I wrote, welcome back, Bucket. And then, <laughs> and then uh, Soda and Beach Ball are here. And then all caps to myself, welcome back, Yacht. Because yeah. <laughs> it's not just so you start. Your your play field is the concept of spring, right? And these yeah. other large objects like table and toilet fly in, and then you can play as them, and they, they shrink in size. But the concept of summer is a play field. And right. And the concept of autumn is a play field, and winter is a play field. Pumpkin. I I don't... I, what, what, what is a video game? What are we... What is this? Good question. <laughs> I mean, I think this qualifies. It it does have goals, and you know, there's no fail state. There's no way oh, no. to like fail this game, really. No, I I I'm 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 not saying I, I do not want to go down that alley. It all it always ends in a dead end for me. What I mean is like, what what are what are we doing? Like, <laughs> what is this? Like, what? Right. I spent three hours like holding hands with. What what what's happening? Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm deeply disoriented after playing this game. <laughs> it's weird as shit. It's it's bizarre and it definitely made me feel things, but I had no understanding of what I was trying what it was trying to say. Like like at mm -hmm. no point was I was like, "Oh, I kind of get the message here." It was just like, "This is bizarre and I guess I'm just going to do this for a bit." Yeah. For me, I think I, I, I mean, I already touched on both of these things, uh, but the experience of doing mushrooms recently and then zooming out in your own way of going, all of my little problems are dumb. And then like playing this, it's like a Mad Libs about what, if you were to tell an alien about what were your minutia, like what was your granular goals in your life? Like, oh, I wanted to do this. And they'd be like, what, why? <laughs> like they yeah. zoomed out. I, I don't know. That's that's my takeaway from the game is nothing matters. Just do the circle dance because yeah. maybe it's funny <laughs> to see the acorn become the palm tree so that it can eat more butts. You know, like it just yes. <laughs> and 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 this and like you know things like the circle dance. There is just so much joy from the characters in the game. Like they're having the time of their lives, and to me, that feeling at least was infectious. I yeah. was like, I may yeah. not know what message this is trying to to say, but I I like I just like I'm like oh, this is fun. This is just like. And I, maybe that is the point. Maybe that's the idea. Maybe this is just supposed to be like playful and and silly, and and you're just supposed to feel like a kid playing with your toys. I don't know. Well, you know what? 
I asked Keita Takashi about wow. this very thing. So question number one, uh, I asked Keita Takahashi, what does he think should be the point of video games? In other words, what is his goal when creating them? And he answered us, us. He answered us here on how did this get played? This is an exclusive. He said, I've been wanting to make something new. When I get an idea, and if it's a good one, my perspective gets updated, and that gives me other new ideas and thoughts. This is a good loop. So I just think making games that we have never played before might be able to show another perspective to players, and that might give them some new ideas to solve the problems or live happier more often or happier more. Since I've been alive for 45 years, I know we need to think differently when we have problems, especially under tough situations. Just think other things, then relax and smile would be a help sometimes. This is not the only goal or reason why I make video games, but this is kind of one of the motivations to keep making new and silly games. Wow. I love that. Do we, if we learned, did that clarify anything for anybody? Yeah, I mean, I think no, it clar- I, that's yeah. how I felt playing it right. and, and, and my own reaction and feeling of stress, I don't think is anything related to the game. I think it's mm-hmm. my own reaction to when you're offered the opportunity to just go have fun. Like it's, it's playful. The, the consequences are that you learn a lesson. Like, right. Don't get messy. Yeah. 100%. Uh, so Heather, so you asked two more questions. I'm hoping, yeah. uh, they were, uh, uh, one, what are you smoking? And two, can I have some? <laughs> <laughs> but, but what did, what else did you ask, uh, Kate Takashi? Good fucking God, dude. Like, I want to I want to be honest here for a second. If yeah. I had asked those questions, wouldn't you be embarrassed? Wouldn't you be like, what? Why, why would you ask those questions? Why would you do that? You know, you had a pipeline. Well, I All mean, right. we, it depends on what the answer would be. <laughs> If, he, if his answer was, why are you wasting my time? Then, yeah, I'd feel chastened. Yeah. He's like Jack Herrera, specifically in, uh, you know, uh, oil form. Then I'd be like, great. <laughs> the second question, question I asked was, uh, the fuck is wrong with Nick Weiger? Uh, no, I, I, I asked him what his favorite object or friend was in Watam. And he replied... Meet people. M-E-A-T people. He said, I like that design, which I got inspired from an old Japanese cartoon. Uh, the show is First Human Giatris. Uh, hence, some people, some Japanese people would call it a manganiku, which means meat in Japanese. So his favorite thing that he made in what Tom was meet people. <laughs> oh, wow. What a beautiful answer. Also, yeah, that's that's great. That makes me love the game so much. I love so how declarative that was too cuz that feels like that yeah. gave him like <laughs> 0.1 seconds of thought like immediately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's the meet people. It's what the mean, What do you mean? <laughs> Yeah, because because he could have been like, he could have been like, well, you know, I, I have a soft spot in my heart for a lot of these different characters, but immediately he was like, me. <laughs> 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 uh, the final question I asked him is because I, I find that the music in his games is is really cool and really yeah. insp- like I've used the Katamari Damacy soundtrack as like 
my ringtone and just like lifelong background music. So I asked him what his favorite song was. Um, and he said he wasn't sure what his favorite song. Not sure about my favorite song. haha. But I watched these two videos to refresh my brain sometimes. Uh, I sent Matt the link to uh, these uh, songs. The first one is by Zazen Boys, which is a band I was introduced to uh, by a ex-fling, I guess, when you would hmm. call them. Hmm. Anyway. Um, <laughs> nice humble brag. Sick. I, I'm, was that? What that I've seen? <laughs> Wait, you're married. (laughs) (laughs) So wait, you asked him, because I thought you asked him what his favorite song in the game is, but you just meant in general. In general. Wow. In general, I wanted to know what his favorite song was. So why don't we play a little bit of this first one from Zazen Boys. Zazen Boys. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. <laughs> Simply. <laughs> Fuck you, Nick. I like this jam. This, this is pretty cool. good, man. It's great. It's rocks. Oh. Yes! Yeah, this is delightful. It doesn't sound like the music in the game. No. But it somehow evokes the same sense of, like, chill. Yeah, right. This track. Chill, but with purpose. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to relax and do this task. Yes. All right. So that's one of his favorite songs. It's a song he listens to to refresh his brain. We'll uh, we'll post that song on the uh, on the Twitter. <laughs> and then the second the second song he sent is uh, from a band called Tokyo Jihen, which I had uh, never heard before. Um, and this is from a live show that they did. Uh, I don't know the title of this song, but in the um, in the YouTube description. It says that it is from, what does it say? It says from Bon Voyage. From mm. Bon Voyage. That may be the title of the song. I couldn't tell. But Tokyo Jihen is the name of this band. Let's hear this. Let's jam out to this. what this song is doing. I love it. It's great. I have the visual in front of me and it's really it's really something. Nick's expression hasn't changed. It sounds 
It sounds like the theme from like a Timothy Dalton Bond movie. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I have never achieved anything in my life compared to that moment in that song. It's, it's <laughs> glorious. <laughs> that, was, that was incredible. Nothing I've done has measured up to that one moment. What a great question to ask him. Yeah, that was true. That was really some... That was some cool. I feel like I got a little insight into his character via those yeah. via those two tracks. I used to be a video games journalist, so you know I know the questions. I got good, <laughs> good ones. I got good questions. <laughs> oh my god, those that that's I I can imagine that in like a David Lynch movie, like just it's so dramatic. Right. Like yeah. so beautiful, like yeah. just sincere, and that's something I liked about this game is how sincere it was. It was yeah, yeah. It's a, it's lovely. absurd, one hundred percent. It's absurd, but there's like just like you can tell there's a there's a pureness of heart behind it. Um, yeah. and yeah, I I yeah I th- I think boy, I mean, what else is there? Is there more to say here? I mean, is there oh, more I, to talk about with this game? Well, I I have one thing, and it's just that yes, I love how like playful and whimsical the game can get. But then I'll, also, there was that point where that that girl is running and yelling that she's scared, uh, and her eyeballs and her nose and her mouth, which each have a face, yes. are chasing her. Um <laughs> To try to get on her face. And also, she does not have a face. She's saying she's scared. She's a faceless girl running around. And your job is to stun her long enough that she doesn't run away with terror as an anthropomorphic facial feature crawls onto her and attaches. And I love that because it is played as silly and whimsical and fun as doing a circle dance with a tomato and a mouth. Like... Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This, uh, just a little bit, a little bit of whimsical body horror. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> Heather. You had you had you had one more thought. Well, you had something I else you want to talk about? Yeah, I want to know if you guys want to have the ending of this game spoiled for you or not. I don't uh, mind if I don't mind if it's spoiled because I'm not sure what there is to spoil narratively. I and I'm not sure. I did did I don't know how far you got in the game. I, I, I finished it. I don't feel that there was a big subversion that we'd be, you know, it's uh, not like, and there was a When <laughs> So when you reconnect with the thing that has destroyed the destroyer, the world ender, it is the moon. And the moon wants to be your friend again. And you were offered four choices at the end of the game uh, of, of how to accept the moon's apology. And I would love to read them, all four choices. Yeah. Like yes. you're, you have circle, triangle, square, and X, and each one is a different response to the moon asking uh, for your, for your forgiveness. Circle is just, it's okay. Triangle is, and this is like a dialogue tree. Yes. Triangle is what you did to us and what you made us do. We cannot easily accept. However. We want to believe in your capacity for change. We want to move on forward into the future. You seem regretful, so we forgive you. 
just this once. Square is, hmm, I don't know. Do you really regret it? Do you feel responsible? I guess when Book was being chased around by all the stationery, it forgave them easily, even though it had such a bad time. I wonder why. And did you come to tell us all this yourself? I didn't know it would be so hard to accept someone else's mistakes. I see. Since we can only learn after we've made mistakes, we have to move forward together. And then finally, X is your final option for how you respond to Moon. Are you serious? Don't you understand how we felt separated and alone? Don't you realize how hard it was bringing everyone back together and returning the world to normal? I can't overemphasize how how fun it was. We never known how much fun it was to go kaboom, to be sent flying, and we'll never forget the way we got carried away and tumbled so hard we lost our lunch. It was fun just to laugh and be together. What you've done is unforgivable, but because of you, we've learned a lot. So thank you. Wow. Each of those is the length of an off-the-cuff Joe Biden anecdote. (laughs) 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 So how does gameplay differ based on what you choose? Or is it just a choice and and it happens regardless? I I don't know. I, 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 I mean... Which one did you guys choose? I didn't get that far. Yeah, me neither. Uh, I chose the second one. I chose the, it was hard, but it's okay. And you join hands and then you go into a circle and you make the earth come back, right? I think no Uh matter what you choose, it's the same thing. So that's just a, that's just a, your, your own choice for your own uh, purposes. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's fascinating. I love that. I mean, I feel like I want to, and, and you know, we should probably just get into our final thoughts. It's time for the review crew. Review crew. The review crew. <laughs> I think this crew wants to review. <laughs> so we'll each say something positive and give the game a numerical decimal rating. Um, and I might, you know, my positive thing, I mean, beyond just how like much I was smiling at, with how at just how silly this game is and how much goofy shit was happening and, you know, how that you could like basically try to do anything and get some sort of you can you can eat the mayor and then swallow the mayor and the mayor comes out as a as a shit shape like the mayor. Like you can like it's like and then you can flush him and make a gold mayor. It's like you can just you, I like that how playful it is. Uh, but I, I guess if I was going to drill it down, my one positive thing would be this is one of those ones that the one of those games where I want to keep playing it after having done it for the podcast. And that I can't say that about everything. Um, I do think it's maybe a little bit. There are some we didn't touch on that. There are some like kind of issues in terms of selecting exactly which character you want at certain times. The camera is not the most elegant. I'm not sh- not completely sold on using the R triggers for uh, swinging the camera around and and giving the uh, the right stick used for for choosing between characters. I almost just would want to like flip that. But I but that said, I did enjoy the game quite a bit. So I'm going to give this a seven point eight. Uh, Heather Ann Campbell, something positive and your score. Uh, the most joy I felt in the year 2020 in playing a video game. Was probably in Animal Crossing, but a 
very, very close runner-up is my screen filling with letters that were laying on top of each other, crushed into the aspect ratio of my television that said, welcome back, Bucket. (laughs) 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 And all of these things cheering, like a mouth and a flower and and a tree cheering as Bucket returned. Yeah. I don't know that there is going to be something of more unbridled mirth that I experience in a game in the next six months that that tops. Welcome back, Bucket. So that's my positive. Oh God. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give this game a nine. Wow. Because It can't, it's not perfect because it, it, you, you're right. There, there's control issues. And, and I mean, if you're grading a game, you have to be like, it's weird that the game like stops working. At times. <laughs> 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 but like, what could you be like? Well, I wish they had done blank in this game. Like, there's no thing that you can wish that they had done. It's like, well, this is just sort of washing over me like the ocean. And yeah. I'm just experiencing it, and it's fucking weird and fun. Uh, so a nine. Wow, uh, Matt Apodaca, something positive. Your review score. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I had so much fun playing this. I don't think I've ever I played anything like this. Even playing Katamari is a vastly different experience. Uh, that one now, in comparison, is so much more linear than uh, than what Tom. Uh, but th- I. My favorite thing that I got to do, and I texted about it earlier, is there's, I mean, there's poop walking around. It's got thin little legs walking around, different colored poops. <laughs> if you're the nose, you can smell the poop, and the nose falls over because <laughs> <it's too, laughs> it smells bad, and the nose doesn't like it. <laughs> and that, to me, is very, very funny. And another detail I really liked is anything the onion runs by, makes uh, the, whatever it is, starts crying. And that's wow, very yes. fun, too. Great thing uh, to point out. I had, the same, I had the same thought about the controls, Nick, about swapping those. The camera being the triggers was insane to me. Um, yeah. But, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, it's truly on my TV screen right now. And as soon as we're done, I'm probably going to play it for a little more before I retire for this day uh so i'm gonna give it i'll give it a i'll give it an eight i like wow. it. i'll give it an eight wow strong scores all around and lane something positive uh your encapsulation and your review score for watam yeah i i think that um as much as i said it stressed me out or as much as i said i don't like this type of game i hope that it's clear that that is my reflecting on my own personality and saying that this game is a rorschach test of what you feel when you're given these childhood, joyous, playful tools and allowed to have fun. And I will give it an eight out of 10 because I had, uh, you know, I had a great time. And I think it's um, a game that is, you know, any game that you can liken to a drug trip, I think is worth trying. (laughs) Well, there you go.
Uh, and hey, those were our thoughts. But Heather, maybe we're wrong. Maybe we're wrong. We've got some reviews from online that perhaps dissent with us. Yep. Uh, I've got one. This is a quick one from Metacritic. Really boring game. Not worth for the modern consoles. Not worth buying. Three out of ten. Username, I have internet. (laughs) Sure. Okay. I'm going to say this one because... um, uh, this next review because I, I this is not something I said, so maybe I am wrong. Mm. Um and it's from Vice, and the headline is just Watam is a children's guide to eco radicalism. Yeah, I pulled the same one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, big swing. I love a big swing. Um I have I have a little paragraph from this one. Okay, uh, go ahead. Watam, with its strange interactions between non-humans deliberately invested with emotions and motivations of people, reminds me of the sometimes equally absurdist writings of the eco-philosopher Timothy Morton. A few years ago, Morton suggested the best way to combat environmental crisis, like that founder Watam, is to not only forge connections with as many different groups of humans as possible, but also non-humans. Don't hide under a rock, for heaven's sake, he said in 2017 to The Guardian. Go out in the street and start making any kind and as many kinds of political affiliations with as many kinds of beings, human or otherwise, than you possibly can with a view to creating a more violent and just for everybody ecological world. I guess there is an argument that if you were just if everyone was just holding hands with a strawberry, that it would be a less violent world. So... (laughs) But I, I don't this 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 whole this premise felt like a little bit of a stretch, but I liked how fucking how this guy just fucking this this writer just fucking went for it. Yeah. Big swing. I, I I'm I'm gonna pull from uh the Polygon uh review of this, which is maybe I'm wrong, but uh the headline here is what Tom is weird but not wonderful. And mm. a second paragraph, uh Actually, I'll read the first two paragraphs. Talking about what Thomas like trying to share the remnants of a lucid dream the next day. Oh, that's, that's kind of what I said. Uh, yeah. It's a game made up of objects that shouldn't go together, doing things that don't make sense. Here is just one random snippet of gameplay. The square mayor teaches a circle who speaks Russian how to use their magic hats to explode and fly around the sky, and now they are friends. This makes a giant bucket show up in the sky festooned with cloud-shaped text that says, Welcome back, bucket. How <laughs> could you write that paragraph? And then not call this game wonderful. Like, I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. Welcome back, Bucket. Maybe you're wrong. Welcome back, Bucket. Welcome back, Bucket. I want that as a shirt. That's my new new catchphrase. I finally found a catchphrase on this show. Wow. Hello, everyone. Welcome back, Bucket. (laughs) I I, I mean, I think what that speaks to, and this is what you kind of pretty much what you were saying earlier, Heather, is like there's not really anything you can do with this game except have an emotional reaction to it. Because it's not like you can really say a lot of times, you know, there'll be a game that you can be like, oh, they should have done this instead. And there's no there's just no equivalent for this. It it is what it it is exactly what it is trying to be. And then you just either it clicks for you or it doesn't. It's like somebody complaining about a slide. 
It's like, well, I, I wish the slide was a swing. It's like, fuck you. It's a slide, man. Like you go down it. Like that's the experience of a slide. And in the same way, mm. I feel like this is the experience of this game is like hold hands with shit, go around in a circle, literal shit, hold hands with yeah. literal shit, go yes. around in a circle and have a good time. Hey, I got, I got one more. I got one more real quick. This is a okay, YouTube great, great. comment on an IGN on IGN's review of Watam. Um, okay. This is by Lenny Wright. After watching this review, all my next up YouTube recommendations seem to be for young children. That's not me talking shit. It's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Lenny. Oh my god, like a high school mean girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Chelsea. It's just like not me talking shit. It's just a fact that looks like. Hey, it's time for the question block. All right. This one is from at Hung Marble Giant. What? Cool. <laughs> yeah, cool. What video game has made you feel the least lonely or the most? Jesus. The least or most lonely. The most? I'm... Is this for everyone? Sorry, I just jumped No, yeah, yeah, yeah please go ahead, Anne. Yeah, please no, go for so it. We, yeah, we were going to ask you. The most Mario Party, even though you're playing it with friends, I feel lonely because of the premise. The premise <laughs> that you have to compete to fight for each other's affection within structured rules of friendship. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is okay. very isolating. And it is very, like, it's not even, it's not even, like, fun to win, I don't think. Because I just am, I'm just stressed out and no one else is, ha like, everyone else is just pissed <laughs> off. Yeah. And there, but there's, it's not a level because you're usually playing a Mario party with, you know, a, at least, at least within the group are people who don't usually play video games. And so it's not even as satisfying as like you beat someone in a fighting game or, or, you know, an FPS death match. And it's like, like, yeah, oh, I, 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 I proved my superiority. It's just like, well, this is just a fucking, this is so arbitrary and whatever. It's like the burger's worst. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, most alone, boy, I guess just any sort of game where the the protagonist is kind of by themselves. You know what? Honestly, and I know this is a game that's that's polarizing between you and me, Heather, but I got a profound sense of loneliness from Journey. Like, just like the, even though there's a moment, there's like a co-op part in that game that's kind of forced where you are working together with somebody, just like being alone and sort of progressing through this landscape. And then ultimately, like, I felt like what that game was trying to convey was just the course of life that you were just like, you started one thing, you kind of go through and, and you're and just progressing and you ultimately just ascend to a, uh, a, a just a complete like a fade to white. And I was just like, oh, so I'm just like going through a series of tasks that eventually lead to my own death. And it kind of stirred like, like profoundly within me was just kind of like, man, that really made me feel like, like, bum like I was like, I thought this was cool, but it made me feel like bummed out and like isolated. I think we should just let Nick sit with that feeling for a couple of seconds. Let him work through it. Yeah, that's yeah. I'll just sit. I'll just sit and meditate on that. Just by myself. <clears throat> you die in your own arms, they say. <laughs> so I guess my answer is... Uh, the loneliest I've felt in a game, I think, might be Cave Story. Which is... Um, 
somehow lonely. It's I don't understand what makes it feel lonely, but the music, the the a- atmosphere of the game, there's something about it that makes you feel alone. Even though, like, when you're playing as Mega Man, you don't feel, like, alone. You don't, mm. like, you're not like, oh, I'm the only robot in the world. But in Cave Story, you do. And there's, like, maybe something in the dialogue or maybe something in the environment. I don't know what it is, but I felt deeply lonely playing that game. Um, what was the the flip side? Is the least lonely I felt playing yeah. a game? yeah. I mean, at least lonely for me, that's just like I just MMOs. I mean, anytime I'm just like there's a there's a big populated world with a bunch of people in it. Uh, if you're talking single player games, then I guess ones that are more social, like an Animal Crossing or or back in the day, like a Sims or something where there's just a bunch of different characters you can have interaction like, uh, you know, fake social interactions with. Dude, fucking Death Stranding, man. Always Death Stranding. Like that makes you feel connected. Yes. Like, mm. when I show up in a game and somebody else has finished my road and I'm like, holy shit, somebody else is here. And there's like, you like when you hear people call and respond to you, I thought that game it fostered a real sense of like, there are other people playing simultaneously. Yes. Uh, and they were I, and they were there to help. Unlike Dark Souls, where there are people playing constantly and they want me to want me to die. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the thing about Death Stranding that, yes, you did mention, and that that was a thing that that slipped my mind just now, is that, like, yeah, I would build, it's very, very satisfying, and this happened to me with a few structures that I built in-game, because other players, it shows up in their games, and they can use them, and, like, when I built a zip line that ended up getting, like, 1,700 likes from other real players, I was like, this is a fucking home run. I felt like king shit. So, yeah, you're (laughs) right, that, that is, like, I didn't necessarily feel connected with everybody but i see how you could get that feeling from that game Mm -hmm. um and any game that that's made you feel uh uh like you you were connected to somebody like you weren't alone isn't there there's 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 a game where you're paired up with someone else who's playing online and you're both silently these like cloaked figures working towards something journey yes that's that's what i mentioned yeah journey Sorry, yeah, I didn't know the name, but I had played it before, and I think that when you find out at the end, or maybe I just found out at the end, that that other person was a person, and you've been working towards the same goal, and they weren't a um, computer, they were someone else. Right. That that was really nice. So the opposite feeling. Yeah, the exact yeah. opposite, because I that to me just felt like a moment in that game, it, 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 but, you know, it, uh, yeah, that, that's, a, that's an interesting take. Um. Hey, Matt. Let's hear. Let's hear another question. Great. This next one is from at Talking About Willis on Twitter. Around halfway through my time with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I realized that every time I clocked into the game, I felt like I was hanging out with Cassandra rather than just playing a game. Are there any game characters that have given you a similar feeling? Sort of a similar. You're hanging out with them. Like you're hanging out with them. Yeah. I mean, Animal Crossing. Right. Like. I feel like I'm hanging out with those assholes. Um, <laughs> actually, I feel like I'm subjugating them. <laughs> I do not feel like there is a mute. Embarrassingly, yeah. oh sorry, I interrupted. No, go ahead, Anne. Go. I embarrassingly get ex- got excited and un- uncharted whenever Elena would join it. <laughs> <Thanks. laughs> it's like hell yeah, Elena's here. 
She's always <laughs> like on my ass, but she like knows what to do and she roasts me and <laughs> 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 which is embarrassing because it's a CPU. <laughs> Joel, Joel and Ellie in The Last of Us felt like two people. And like you yeah. were really, I mean, like if you're playing as Joel and Ellie's walking around telling jokes out of her joke book, you're like, fuck, well, this is this is an emotional experience. And I yes. kind of yeah. look forward to hearing what Ellie's going to talk about today. Yeah, I'm positioned to be annoyed by, but mm. I the the way the growth happens in that game is you know midway through Absolutely. you're like fucking tell me another joke yeah. tell me another joke yeah. i played through it twice and in the last playthrough i i missed one of her like you press triangle for an interaction with her and i missed oh. one of them and it felt like missing like the best prize you could get in a video game because that's mm. yeah the point of it but um, yeah, for, for me, similarly, I think it's just like if there's an yeah, it's it comes from an NPC or it comes from an, a, a party member more so than the than the player character, you know, someone that's that's hanging around with you. I mean, the uh, uh, the the Monkey Island games has a number of, of companions that end up with you. Um, there is a a talking skull that ends up uh, in your inventory that you're carrying around a lot in the Curse of Monkey Island. A uh, Murray, who is is very amusing, but also is like just feels like a companion. Um, and so anytime there's there's someone there's something like that. I mean that really connects for me. Um, but uh, Matt, let's get one more question. This one's from at Devristron. What are some mini games slash games within games that you've loved over the years, and what are some that you've hated? Mini games. It's funny because we're talking about, and I'm I'm curious uh, how this is maybe it, it's maybe not directly connected to Watam, but I mean it. You know, we mentioned Mario Party a bunch, and that yeah. game is basically just a game board with a bunch of mini games uh, that are that are connected by it. Um, I'm trying to remember. There was a there's one mini game. You know what? I always the mini game I do like from Mario Party is everyone's on a fucking balance on a beach ball. And you're yeah. just trying to bounce the, someone off of an elevated platform, whatever the fuck that one's called. That that game, that game, that one's always fun to me. I feel like we've also met Heather. We've mentioned any any number of the card games from Final Fantasy when this question has come up. Yep, yep. I I also want to call out Sniff from uh, WarioWare. Mm-hmm. The, the Sniff mini game is great. You gotta yes. you gotta sniff a snot up into your nose. And you only have three seconds to do it. That's a great yeah. mini game. I don't know if this counts, but in I think the the Little Mermaid area of Kingdom Hearts One, there's like a rhythm mini game that is set to Under the Sea, and you have to do it a few times. And mm. I don't like that part of the game. Um, I I will, but you know that does make me think. A Final Fantasy VII remake has a dance sequence uh, that you can do it that you you would have to do a couple of times that I find is like one of the best dance mini games I feel like I've ever encountered. I mean, like I feel like it's the it's like the best version of it uh, for something that's not specifically a rhythm game that just has that as as a mini game component uh, within its larger narrative. Uh, the one in remake, it's like it's so visually and uh, uh, and sonically dazzling and then also it is just like very it's it's very straightforward but the, the way that the uh the ui elements are integrated into the um 
uh, into the game world, I found very like like uh, like artistically pleasing. I was like, this is like it's cool because it's not just coming up as like a, in something in the corner of the screen. It's like being th- like integrated with Cloud Strife's motions. Um, uh, and is there anything, any mini games beyond the Mario Kart, uh, the Mario Party series, rather, or any any game in, at all, any mini game with game within a game that stands out to you? The- Oh, you know what? In Uncharted, when they play, uh, 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 oh, God damn it! I this should. If my brain worked, I'd remember it from the beginning of this episode. <laughs> oh, Crash Bandicoot! Thank you, Crash Bandicoot. When they play Crash Bandicoot within Uncharted, I like it because you have the framework of the two characters who are playing it and they're roasting each other while you play it, and it's it feels very fun. I like that. I love how much you're going to bat for Uncharted. That's fucking great, man. Like, it's honestly just like recent a, in my mind. There were so many moments where there's like misogynistic comments of like, ooh, love the view whenever like a female character is going above you and you're like going to climb up after them. And yeah. Like, oh, are you not supposed to say that on a ladder? <laughs> honestly, I do every time. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, I did, I did enjoy the like, yeah, I don't know. I, that's that's the first thing that comes to mind for me. Well, there you go. Uh, hit us up with your questions at getplayedpod, getplayedpod at gmail.com, or hit us up on our hotline, which is... 616-2PLAYED. That's 616-2, and then you type out P-L-A-Y-E-D on your phone. I don't have that part memorized, and I constantly... Fu- 616-2PLAYED. Six one six. Welcome back, Bucket. (laughs) 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 And Lane, thank you for joining us. Anything you'd like to plug at this time? Thanks for having me. Uh, uh, Black Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. That's it. Hell yeah! Thank you. Yeah, that's great. And hey, uh, Matt, what's next week's game? Uh, Next week's game: The Last of Us Left Behind. Love it. All right. Hey, do you guys want to get on this section of a bowling alley and float over to Autumn? Oh, wow. I love bowling alley and I love Autumn. Let's go. Mm-hmm.